We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Unlock me! Unlock me! I'm not going to swear, okay? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. It's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark, indeed. It's a Friday night party right here on 670 The Score. I'm Mark Rowe. I know how you do. Those of you going to work and you're back to work, you, you left early or you took the day off. You've been planning this for like months. I'm going to take that Friday off before Memorial Day. Then I'm going to take Tuesday off and make this a long week. So I am your master of party ceremonies tonight. Because you're not quite unplugged yet. That happens later in the night. So I got you for now. As a matter of fact, I have you until 9 o'clock tonight here on The Score to start your holiday weekend. That is that is required for all broadcasters to say something. Hey, welcome back, and I hope you're enjoying the holiday weekend. I do hope you are. The uh, Cubs today with a careful... One to nothing wind, wind, get it? Because the wind was blasting in today. But a one nothing win, which we will get into a little bit later on. The bullpen came up big again. Edward Alzelay, eh, I don't know. Like, do you consider getting in and out of trouble good? Like, because he kept getting in trouble? I guess there's there is skill to getting out of it, and would he actually have gotten out of it if there wasn't ridiculous wind blowing in from left and center field today? We'll get into that a little bit later on and discuss the the surging the Cubs right now. As you're hearing me on the radio here on the score right now, they are tied for first place. They have won five straight games, so there's much to discuss as it pertains to the, the Chicago Cubs. As far as the Chicago White Sox, they are supposed to host Baltimore tonight. Dallas Keuchel against, come on out of there, Harvey. Matt Harvey, if you got that reference, text me, and I will I will say glowing things about you and your area code and your full name. If you Come on out of there, Harvey. You get it? 312-644-6767. But it is raining where I live. I live in Streeterville. I've been stalking all of the the Twitter accounts of anybody who covers the White Sox, and I've seen zero reports of rain on the south side or tarp pictures or anything that would lead one to believe that there would be a rain delay. So I guess that's a that's a good thing. But if you're south siding it right now, if you're there or maybe you're on your way, you can give me a little weather report because I want to know. I, I feel like it's it's a go because I've seen nothing from anybody. 
But let me know. 312-644-6767 is uh, the number. And we'll, we'll track that for you. We'll let you know what is going on with the Sox game tonight. If it uh, gets rained out or if there is a delay, and I, I'd be really surprised if there's there's not a delay. We will get into the Bears later on. There was a couple things of interest. Kurt Warner weighing in on Justin Fields and the Bears and specifically Matt Nagy. I want to have a talk about Matt Nagy and where your trust level is with Nags the head coach of the Chicago Bears. We'll do that a little bit later on. And then I'm going to bring back some of an interview from this morning with Molly and Haw with Michael Lombardi. And he was great today. Like there was some, there was some indicting of Mike Lombardi from something from the past, from when he was running the Cleveland Browns. So this goes way back, back far enough that Jim McMahon was playing with Cleveland, or at least trying out for the Browns. And there's a story that circulated and Mike Lombardi had to defend himself. And it's, it's pretty entertaining radio with Molly and Haw and Mike Lombardi, who will also weigh in on Justin Fields. He doesn't have Mitchell Trubisky to kick around anymore. So I'm actually looking forward to hearing that entire interview and presenting it to you just a, a little bit later on. And please do call. You know what? I did not schedule any guests tonight. So it is you and I and my producer tonight, Brandon Fryer. So give us a call, 312-644-6767. That is the phone number, and that is the text number as well, 312-644-6767. And looking at the the text line, you know I like to try to read as many of your text messages as I possibly can. Jim, you win from the 815. The, the honeymooners, yes. Come on out of there, Harvey. Now that you woke up the whole neighborhood, Ralph. Um, yeah, there's another one from 309. Harvey, that's Jackie Gleason and the honeymooners. Classic. Come on out of there, Harvey. It's just like, it's, it, Ralph Cramden thinks that his wife, Alice, is cheating on him. And then this little boy, like Petey or something like that, walks out. <laughs> Are you happy now, Ralph? You woke up the whole neighborhood and the poor kid's about to cry. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's what I channel whenever I hear the name Matt Harvey. It just, it just happens. And I watched the honeymooners when I was like a kid and all 39 episodes because my, my parents and specifically my dad, in this case, they raised me correctly. Um, from the 206, Mark Grody, I love hearing you after Cubs success. It reminds me of 2016 postgame. You made radio friends with so many people that year. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That that was a fantastic year, the best postgame show I ever did, and it might it was trending the worst postgame show anybody could ever have done if things had gone a little bit differently in that, that Cubs game. And it could have just been pure hell from a, speaking of rain delays, rain delay theater standpoint. I've told that story a million times. You know what? It's a Friday night and it's a party and it's Memorial Day. So maybe I'll get into that a a little bit later on. A couple more guesses from the Javi, um, the Dark Knight and Entourage. I like the Dark Knight one, the Harvey Dent. No, not Harvey Dent, but I, I appreciate you thinking I was current. And no, not Entourage either from the from the 708. So I appreciate all you guys playing. So I have on my mind, before we get into Cubs and Bears, and i got some great classic Bulls tape I want to play for you later on tonight, I have Michael Kolpeck on my mind. 
So you know he's got a couple things going on right now. The the sore left hamstring, he is day-to-day. I know that there had been an MRI performed. I don't know if the results have come in from that. I don't think they have unless it's happened in the last 20 minutes of my life. So he's dealing with that. Day-to-day from that. He was also yesterday, yesterday, Thursday, he was placed on the bereavement list, and that goes at least three days. I mean, he knew he was going to be out for at least three days. And if he returns healthy, let's say he does, whenever that is, and he is deemed 100%, and whatever happened to his hamstring, he's better. And who knows how long, let's just say that takes two weeks. And and he's back to being what he has been this year, an extremely successful reliever for the Chicago White Sox. Shouldn't Michael Kopech be the closer? Why isn't Michael Kopech the closer? Or at least use him in the closer's role as much as possible. And even if that means having a rotating closer, like, and I, I would only say that, I, I would put Kopech in there every night if they could, but based on the care that they have taken with Kopech this year, I don't know if that would be realistic. Maybe it is. If it was, I mean, if he could go out there and be the closer, he could be what Liam Hendricks is supposed to be or what Craig Kimbrell is for the Cubs, like the guy who most of the time goes out there and attempts to close games. Why isn't he your closer? He, he has the best stuff in that bullpen. Better than Liam Hendricks. Hendricks has been far from dominant this year. Oh, and I don't care that that Liam Hendricks is the money man and, and the years that they've given him. I, that doesn't matter. That that should matter to you either as a White Sox fan. 3-1-2-6-44-67-67. Am I crazy? Or, I mean, what I'm seeing? And, like, every time Kopech comes in, Jason Bonetti and Steve Stone just raving about the stuff, justifiably. But there's, there's usually a good seven minutes of the time that he's out there of Stone and Benetti explaining just how great the stuff is of Michael Kopech. And I agree, and I think it was based on his last performance that I was, I'm watching and I'm listening to these guys and just like just the spectacular descriptions. I'm like, why is he not the closer? He's been the best guy when he's come in in any kind of predicament. Why not be your closer? Now... If they're thinking about him as a starter still this year, I mean, I know that that's the plan in the future, then I guess I understand. But when you think about the postseason, and that's what you do have to think about with the White Sox, they've got work to do. They've got work to do in the regular season. But you have three pretty damn good starters, at least three guys that, barring injuries, I trust a lot in the postseason. Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Dallas Keuchel. All have had their stumbles this year at times, but totally trust those three guys. And then Dylan Cease, I think, is still a wild card. We'll talk about Dylan Cease here in just a second as well. But I don't see why you wouldn't, at this point, just say, Liam, this this is like, this is a serious year, man. This... This is the window. 2021 is, that's what you have to look at it as a White Sox fan. You may not have another better chance than than this year, just because you just never know from year to year. And I know you've had a couple of massive injuries in the outfield that, and th- those kind of things happen, but, but here you are in the position that you're in, 
And I just don't know why I haven't heard really anybody thinking about the idea that that Kopech should be the the closer, the closer for the Chicago White Sox. 312644 is the number. From the 847, 100% crazy. Hendricks is more than fine. He struck out the side last time out. Yeah, he was good last time out. But have you been watching most of the time that Hendricks is out there? It has not looked clean. It just hasn't. It has not looked dominant. He has not looked like your best pitcher. He, the, the guy who looks like a closer and has more closer-ish stuff is Michael Kopech. Is Michael Kopech. And that doesn't mean like that we're benching Liam Hendricks and Hendricks is out and you're giving up on. No, I mean, he's still a guy that, that you're going to bring in in big money situations and in high leverage spots. But why not Kopech? Why not have him in there as th- the closer? At this point, 312-644 if you want to call. 6767 is the number. I'm also on Twitter. Tweet me, at Mark Grody Sports. I hang out on Instagram, Facebook, wherever social media is, you can find me. Here's another thing for Sox fans. Sox right now, 29-20. and 20. They are one and a half up on Cleveland. Cleveland hosting a decent, pretty good, probably, Toronto team. Tonight, but the the White Sox playing a just a horrible train wreck of a Baltimore team. They're just like like Baltimore last night. They were just sitting there waiting to be beaten all night long. That's the way it felt. It was like the Orioles kept it close, but they were just like, go ahead, just take the go ahead, take the game, go ahead, have it, have it. We don't winning is not our thing, Sox. Go ahead and have it. The, the Orioles have lost 10 in a row, in case you're not tracking tracking what is going on with the Orioles. That is a injured team. That is probably a tanking team. That is a team that is in the wrong division right now, and they have given up. They're just like, go, go ahead, take it, win. win. What's taking you so long? Bust out. There you go. Two-run single. You're me and Mercedes. Go ahead. It's, it's all yours. And... The, the White Sox did win the game 5-1. to one. So the Sox are in a great spot, 29-20, and 20, like I said. They should sweep this series. I mean, this is like take take care of business in this four-game series. What, what a delight to have the Orioles on the south side. What does worry you right now, White Sox fans? Serious question, 3-1-2-6-44, 67-67. What do you worry about with your team right now? Like, what are you most worried about? Because... It is about getting to the postseason. But are you truly most worried about Tony La Russa? Is it, is it the bullpen that, that I'm talking about because it hasn't been as good as we all expected it to be? Is it the Cleveland Indians? Is it is it that team that just won't go away? You keep kicking them, keep kicking them back, and they just won't go away. Is it is it even? You ready? I'm going to say this because I heard this team mentioned earlier as something that gives White Sox fans headaches. Heard it on the Lawrence Holmes show today with Steve Stone. Are you worried about the Minnesota Twins? Because they're playing better. It's early. And guess what? I heard Lawrence bringing that up to Steve Stone. And here's the answer that Stoney gave to Lawrence. They're nine games back, but I was saying even when they were going through all of their terrible struggles, that um, that's a team I still worry about. And the reason I worry about them is 
they have retooled. You know, they let Rosario go, but they have gotten Trevor Larnick. Uh, he's a guy that played with uh, with Nicky Two Strikes at the Oregon State, um, and he can really hit a fastball. He's really strong. Alex Kirilov is also back, giving him two left-handed power bats that they have in that lineup. The question for them, and this is to be answered with Maeda showing some signs of wear and tear, uh, will that starting pitching be good enough? They've also retooled their bullpen, and, and it, it at times is still pretty good. Maybe not as strong as it once was, but but okay. But I'm worried about that offense. Anytime you have the kind of bombers they have in that offense, um, I think that Josh Donaldson will get hurt again only because he usually does get hurt, and that will be something that will take something away from them. Uh, but, you know, when you can run Cruz out there, Sano is still going to hurt you on occasion. You get the two young left-handers, and Polanco can hit. That offense can carry that team for a while. So I agree with you. Um, I want to see Minnesota lose as many games as possible because until we get closer to the trade deadline and until Derek Falvey decides he wants to unload some talent, I still believe that they're a threat. And uh, that team has won it before. They know how to win. They don't know how to win in the playoffs. They've lost 18 straight playoff games. But they know how to win and how to get there. And that is scary when, when you know, we don't have that, that multi-layered postseason anymore. You know, you have uh, one of those wildcard teams not going to be there. So you either win your division or do real well. And the Twins, to me, are still a threat. Steve Stone. Earlier on the score on the Lawrence Holmes show, do you agree with Stoney? Is, is it is it the Minnesota Twins that you still have in your peripheral, slightly backwards divi- or mind right now in your vision? I mean, I would have thought it was the Indians, but listening to Lawrence and Stoney today, I wonder if that's more indicative of what White Sox fans are thinking right now. So... What are you worried about if or most worried about? Because there's things on every team to to worry about. What is it that concerns you the most with the, the Chicago White Sox? 312-644-6767. Here is a and also are you down with my idea that Michael Kopech, hands down, should be your closer? Here's a here's a good text from the three one two. Why would you pitch Kopech for the ninth inning if you could pitch him for three innings? As you build him up as a starter, he says, or she, closing is one, overrated, and two, takes a certain mentality that we're not sure if Kopech has. Colome was great at closer because he threw strikes with a great cutter in one-run games. That takes cojones. It's a really good, that's a really good text. I mostly disagree because I still believe in, and, and I guess this is a mentality, and some people are going to agree or disagree. I still believe, like, you got to have – you're right. You you do have to have that guy with the, that mentality, with that stuff in the ninth inning. And I will say that Michael Kopech, when he has come in and he has pitched multiple innings, there has been a restore order sort of feeling. And you feel comfortable no matter where he is. So I like where he's come in, but I just – I think that you need to put him in – in the most valuable of situations right now. And like I said, this is not like sit Liam Hendricks. He's not working out. You know, rotate these guys. Who's who's stronger on a given night? It doesn't mean you don't bring him in in high leverage. And with some of the struggles that the bullpen has had as a whole, it doesn't hurt to, to really put, you know, Kopech 
and Liam Hendricks in these peak situations with the other guys that they have been using, like Aaron Bummer and Cody Hoyer and Evan Marshall. We know the troubles. Like, I still don't feel good when the ball goes to Matt Foster, no matter what. And I hope he gets everything together, and I hope that things work out for Matt Foster, but they just they just have not. I don't feel I don't feel great about it. From the 708, it's our health, 100% full health. We win the division by 15 games. Good point. I mean, who knows where? Because the White Sox offense has, has, relatively speaking, has struggled recently. They got the runs that they needed as that game went on, where Baltimore was like, go ahead, take it. We're not here to win. Take the game. And they did. They did take it. But, you know, you are feeling that the absence at certain moments in White Sox games where you are just feel like, depending on who's coming up, Tony LaRusso is feeling it with some of the silly bunts and sacrifices that he has attempted. Instead of having Luis Robert come up and Aloy Jimenez, I bet that those those predicaments would have been totally different in, if those guys were healthy. And, and having that full lineup, it would have been a lot better to watch. And they probably would have a bigger lead than a game and a half. 312-644-6767 is the number. So we can keep going with those questions. What's your biggest concern about the White Sox right now? And are you down with Michael Kopecka as your closer? Yes or no? No, give me a call or give me a text, 312-644-6767. Also, we will dig into Dylan Cease and where he is. We'll hear a little bit more from Steve Stone on Dylan Cease's performance last night and where Stone thinks Dylan Cease fits in in this starting rotation. Cubs and Bears talk later on as well. Mark Grody here with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Man, texters, callers, you guys are bouncy today. It's because it's it's Friday, holiday weekend, your adrenaline is filled. Some of you heading out to the White Sox game, and I had that little chuckle in my voice just because it's like looks nasty outside. Hopefully there will be baseball tonight. We've seen nothing to to suggest that there won't be Chicago White Sox baseball tonight as they, they host Baltimore with Dallas Keuchel against Matt Harvey. I'm Mark Grody. Couple couple of things here. Uh, from the 6-3-0, come on, Grody. All of the Sox talk when the Cubs are on a winning streak. First place, the bullpen is doing historic things. I thought this was the Cubs' flagship state. Don't worry, we'll get to the Cubs. I promise that'll happen in the 7 o'clock hour of this show. I've been asking White Sox fans, if they're down with my idea to put Michael Kopech in there as your closer. He's got the best stuff, most success out of the bullpen. He, he has, like, crazy good stuff. Everything that a, you'd want in a closer and and more because he's got more pitches. So, to me, it's a no-brainer. I don't care about what you're paying Liam, Liam Hendricks. And Hendricks could still be part of the closer rotation or high leverage. But if Kopech comes back healthy and is day-to-day with a hamstring in place on bereavement yesterday – I don't know. It seems really obvious to me that he should absolutely be your closer. From the 708, think about 2005, had Shingo and Hermanson. And who ended up there when it mattered in the end? That was Bobby Jenks. You may be on to something, Mark. Yeah, that that's, yeah, Takatsu had his moment. Dustin Hermanson was very good that year. And then Bobby Jenks blew everybody up that year. So it, it makes sense to me. One more before I get to a very special phone call here. Uh, from the 260, I'm a yes to Liam Hendricks in an Andrew Miller type of role, utilizing Kopech as more of a traditional closer. Yeah, absolutely. 
This is not about sitting Hendricks. This is about putting your best guy in the ninth inning, the guy that dizzies batters, and it's Michael Kopech. We'll get back to your calls, and thank you callers for, for being patient with me because when a score teammate calls or you are told that there is a score teammate of yours who is stuck in traffic and he wants to call in and hang out on the radio – that is, it is in our contract that that takes precedence. And this just happens to be one of my favorite people at the score. Anthony Heron, what's going on, my man? Big Ant driving around. You okay, dude? Yeah, doing well so far. I'm, uh, I'm experiencing some of the weather, pat- weather patterns that you're chuckling about with White Sox fans here. What they're going to experience tonight if they, uh, if they try to make it out to the ballpark. I heard. Heard Tanny talking about it on the, the drive time there. He's planning on going out there. So I don't know how much the ball is going to get played unless this thing clears up anytime soon. But, yeah, sitting in traffic, listening to you, man, and enjoying the show. But I mean, you know what? Instead of me just sitting here chuckling about it, I heard you reference you and guest books. Anyway, let me go ahead and give a call and, and participate a bit because I, I like the, the question, the notion that, that you put out there uh, about Copec because it's ludicrous. It is it is an absolutely ridiculous notion, but it does get a reaction from the tech. Why is it? Wait, 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 wait. Why is it ridiculous? Why would it be ridiculous to put your best arm in the ninth inning to win you games? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just put Carlos Rodon and make him a closer. I mean, he's got great stuff, right? He's pitching really well. Just make him the closer, too. Just because you paid Liam Hendricks $54 million to be the closer, and he's not pitching that poorly, especially the last time he took the mound, and we're still not even through May yet. Gross, I mean, give it a minute. Remember how you were all messed up about you, Darvish, and he didn't pitch well, and he was still injured that first season, and he got his mind right. And now we wish you, Darvish, was still on the north side pitching for the Cubs. You've got to you know, have a little patience. You let this thing play out a little bit. And I would make this comment. We were talking a little bit earlier in the show about, you know, how she was there, you were doing sidelines and doing post-game with the, the Cubs during the World Series run there. And you remember what Andrew Miller was like in his prime for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, that, that's Michael Kopech. It's Andrew Miller with better stuff. Right now, with the Sox are getting, so he comes in there in the middle for long release, mows people down, intimidates the mess out of that lineup that third time through, and then sets the table for when Liam Hendricks is going to come in. So I don't really take any issue with him being in that capacity right now. I think it matters, and, and maybe you're answering the question, it, it, as to whether you value – that portion of the bolt, the the six, seven, and six, seventh, and eighth innings more, or if you are more of a, and I, I guess it's turning into like traditionalist lingo when you say you want your best arm, the guy who that you could absolutely depend on to not have any funny stuff happen in the ninth inning, to have that guy, your best arm, be your one inning closer. And I, I look, I, I had not I'm not giving up on Liam Hendricks. I don't want him to go to the bench. I'm not saying all of a sudden put bring him in in the in the third inning when when a, a start for Dylan Cease goes badly. I'm not saying that at all. But if and I've heard Steve Stone say it every time Michael Kopech comes in, they rave about his otherworldly stuff and just the domination that he has. So why not make him your no doubt? It's a 5-3 ball game in the ninth inning. It's 5-4. Don't screw around. Get these wins now when they absolutely matter. 
And, you know, you play with it. You see what it looks like. And if that doesn't work, then you have Hendricks sitting there still. I feel like, I mean, to that, I think that that option could be there at some point. And I feel like maybe you go down that road if Hendricks is, is just awful. Like, if he's just got this horrible case of the yips and he's blowing save after save. Because, I mean, you're right. He hasn't been down. He hasn't been the guy that the Sox out during the postseason. Kind of like, you know, that's what, what made the Hugh Darvish cop come to mind is because the Cubs saw a version of Hugh Darvish during the postseason and mowed them down. They said, man, we got to pay this guy anything he wants to come here and do what he did to us for us. And that's essentially what the Sox decided with Hendricks because of the way he was able to pitch against them in the postseason last year. And he hasn't looked like that guy, but he hasn't been awful. And I think if he does become awful, or if he's blowing save after save, or if the team falls out of first place, I think there's additional factors that can make Tony LaRusa want to try some other things or tweak what's happening there. But it feels like there are so many moving parts to how they're needing to sort of keep this thing together. The starting pitching is obviously out of sight already. They're grooming Kopex for being that anyway. It is a different type of preparation if you're going to be consistently that one-inning closer as opposed to getting the endurance that's going to be necessary. If they're working to build up for him to be a long reliever, occasional starter within the rotation, and then one day, of course, they're hoping that he could become an ace or the ace if it comes to that. So it seems like that would just continue to throw the plan that's in place that they're in the process of executing pretty well with Kopech, with the bullpen, with the dominance they got all over the starting rotation. I think that just throws things in like off kilter in a way that's really not necessary yet. Mark Rohde in studio, Anthony Heron driving out and about in the great. On 55. You're on 55. Just an absolute downpour on 55. Just like raining raining sideways. The good thing is, my time is sleeping really well. The bad thing is, it's almost 7 o'clock, and he shouldn't be sleeping right now. This is going to be a really (laughs) bad thing later tonight. But for now, it's the situation I'm in because it's a parking lot out here. Oh, you're in trouble, man, in, 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 in multiple ways. Interesting uh, Sox lineup here really quickly, Big Ant. Tim Anderson leading off, playing short. Yasmani Grandal batting second. Andrew Vaughn batting third and starting in left. Jose Abreu, the cleanup hitter. Yeah, how about that? Your mean Mercedes batting fifth. He is the DH. Jake Lamb, the right fielder. Everybody loves Jake Lamb. Leuri Garcia is starting in center field tonight and batting seventh. Danny Mendick is your third baseman, batting ninth. And Nick Madrigal, excuse me, batting eighth is Mendick. And your number nine man is Nick Madrigal. They will all try to support what hopefully will be good work by Dallas Keuchel if this game magically starts on time. Um, By the way, big, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Please, please do. So last night, I've been trying to get him on the show, and I, I don't remember if I mentioned it to you last week or not. I've been trying to get a guy named Paul Racy on the show for a few weeks, and he was finally able to join me last night. He's in the movie Sound of Metal that was nominated for a couple of different Academy Awards. One of those nominations was Paul Racy, a Chicagoan who now lives mm-hmm. in L.A. for his, his acting and music work. But he was in Sound of Metal, which is on Amazon Prime right now. It seems like your kind of movie because you're such a music guy. I'm curious if you've seen it. Totally my type of movie. And I am embarrassed to say it's the only one of the nominated movies that I didn't see. 
I lost the bet. I was at my parents. I watched a lot of movies with my parents. Like I, I try to go out there like once a week. We always watch movies, but I, I couldn't get them interested in the the sound of metal. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't sound good to them. Uh, pardon the pun. But I, I have been dying to see that movie, and I'm sorry to say that that I have not seen it. But you had one of the 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 producers you said on the show last night, or actors that's in it. Yeah, one of the actors. He's actually nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the Academy oh Awards this year. A guy named Paul Racy. Yeah, he's got a, a key role in the movie. He's actually, really, I mean, aside from the main actor, the guy named Riz Ahmed, who played the main character, Ruben, then Paul Racy, who plays uh, the character character named Joe, who sort of runs this, this, it's like a rehabilitation farm, but for people who either have been born deaf or have recently experienced that and it, it takes a, a really really unique look at just that culture and and what it's like to try and make that transition for a guy like the main character who is in a rock band who's a big time drummer who's touring around and just very rapidly loses his hearing and then you just see him sort of spiral out he's got addiction issues in the past and he's trying to avoid going back down that road and so the guy who runs this this rehab farm, without giving too much of the plot away, I don't want to spoil much, but, you know, the guy who runs the rehab farm that he goes to as he's losing his hearing is played by Paul Racy, who's originally from Chicago. He's in the theater community here and has done a lot of television and some smaller roles in movies over the years, but he was uniquely suited for this, the role of Joe in this movie because he's a Vietnam vet like the character, and he actually, while Joe, or while Paul, the real life name Paul, can hear and grew up, happened to grow up with parents who were deaf. So he, you know, grew up in deaf culture and, you know, speaks sign language and all those types of things. So, I mean, it was just, it was a really gripping movie with some outstanding acting in it. So since I finally got him on the show last night, I was curious. It made me wonder if you had seen the movie or not, because I really think you'll enjoy it. No, you know what? I, I it's it's like number one on my to see movie list. And seriously, after I see it, I'm gonna go back and and listen to that interview. The the funny part, I don't know if this is uh, the coincidental or ironic, but I had planned to in one of my segments later on talk bears, and use I did hear your interview with with Kurt Warner. And what I thought, and by the way, just a, a quick little bit of news for White Sox fans: the game is now scheduled to begin at eight. 845, 845 is when White Sox first pitch is to take place with that weird lineup the White Sox have tonight with Andrew Vaughn as your your number three hitter tonight for the, the Chicago White Sox. So 845 is what they are hoping for tonight. We'll see if there is White Sox baseball. So White Sox fans, I got you a little bit longer. So that's very cool. But here's what... Um, Here's what I thought was interesting about what Kurt Warner said. I'm going to bring back some of this a little bit later on. It seems like his attitude is like he's very pro Matt Nagy. And his attitude is like he believes, it sounds like to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong since you were the one actually doing the interview. It sounds like Kurt Warner believes that Matt Nagy is now going to put, and specifically we're talking about Justin Fields. Once Justin Fields is in, he believes, Kurt Warner believes, that Matt Nagy will do a terrific job of putting Justin Fields in in situations to win some of the same stuff he wanted to do with Mitchell Trubisky, but Mitchell Trubisky was not able to execute. Did you get that out of 
Kurt Warner, and do you agree with him that that Matt Nagy, it, we should trust Matt Nagy with a quarterback like Justin Fields? Kurt is an uber positive guy. Like all this, the stuff you see on television and what folks know about his life story, they're even making a movie about it, Underdog, that we addressed it last night also. That, that's Kurt to a T. And so he is very glad to have full which, you know, Matt Nagy is as well, as you've seen in, in great detail and covering the teams in the years that you've done it. Um, I'm, I'm not as bullish on just the notion that I'm like the confidence that Kurt exuded last night if Matt Nagy adequately, you know, developing and scheming to the strengths of Justin Fields. Now, what my impression is of, of what Kurt was going into last night was what we saw approximately the last, whatever it was, six weeks of the season after Matt Nagy turned over the play-calling duties to Bill Lazor, Mr. Bisky came back into the starting lineup, and you saw a lot more balance with called run plays. You saw a lot more movement of the pocket, a lot more half-field reads, and things that just took, took more of the game out of the quarterback's hands. Then, yes, that's the type of offense. That, that's the thing I've been talking about for years, that, that Matt Nagy was coaching Mr. Biscay to take a lot of the execution, a lot of the, the necessary acumen out away from the quarterback and not necessitate that so much within the scheme. And that's what he essentially allowed Bill Lazor to begin doing. And once that happened, then it just simplified the game for Mr. Biscay. So your ceiling isn't as high when you have a quarterback like Mitch, but the the likelihood that your quarterback will blow the game for you is greatly diminished when you handle the scheme that way. So my impression is that that's what Kurt is assuming will continue to be the their system moving forward. And if it is, then I certainly think very early, perhaps even immediately in Justin Fields' career, that's what he can flourish in. And then like we've seen Buffalo do with Josh Allen, you continue to put more of the offensive load on him and keep him in the pocket more frequently and if you happen to do some offensive linemen or some running backs, and you kind of like Russell Wilson developed out in Seattle, where, you know what, maybe he just turns into one of the great pocket passes in the business as well. But don't call on him to do that right away. So that's my impression mm-hmm. of where, where Kurt was going with it last night. If we get the late-season game plan as opposed to what it did a couple of seasons leading into that stretch, then if Matt Nagy's doing that, Justin Fields can flourish in that environment. Yeah, I, I agree, no doubt. And we're going to hear from Kurt Warner. I'll play a couple of those cuts a little bit later on. And Big Ant, I'm being told that I need to take a break. Are you going to be okay if we let you go? Are you just going to be bored out of your mind? Because if you are, you can hang on and we could finish out the hour together. It's your call. <laughs> you know what, man? I, this, this is plenty. I, I wanted to make my phone about Michael Skopek. I wanted to talk to you about Simon Metal. Uh, I got everything in that I needed. So I'm, I'm probably just going to wake my son up in the back seat. I don't know turn the TVs on back there or what, but I, I gotta, I can't blow his tweet schedule up too much. My wife's going to be upset. <laughs> all right, Big Ant, I'm glad you called. Thanks for doing it, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, bro. Have a great show, man. Brandon, talk to you later. All right, man. See you. That is uh, the one and only Anthony Heron, who who was moved to call and thinks I'm crazy for wanting Michael Kopech to be the closer out of out instead of Liam Hendricks, just because he's got the best stuff right now. And I do believe you need that guy in the ninth inning still. And Hendricks makes, he, he, he scares me. And this is a win now season 
for the White Sox. Maybe you think I'm crazy. 312-644-6767 is the number. White Sox are going to be in rain delay till. Well, they're supposed to start at 845, they say. We'll update that for you tonight. So we'll keep talking White Sox for the rest of this hour. And then at 7, we will bring in some Cubs conversation as well. But I want to hear from you White Sox fans, especially if you're sticking it out. If you're in the parking lot right now, especially out there at Guaranteed Rate Field, and you're getting in your your rain and you're drinking your beer and you're eating your brats, give me a call. 312-644-6767 is the number. It's a Grody Show until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.